Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars to The Office to cosplay to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our continuing celebration of all things supernatural. This is part two of our Andrew Dab era celebration, where we're going to be discussing seasons 14 to 15, so the final two seasons of Supernatural. And returning will be the same exact panel from part one, which was Carla, Aaron, A, Meg, and Paula. So it's a pretty good discussion that I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, so let's move on to 14. We already talked about Michael Dean, so we're not going to even talk about that. Um, we'll just go into, you know, there were a bunch of new hunters and Sam was in charge. Um, let's just talk about season 14 overall, just time-wise, because I think 15 will take longer. Um, what were your thoughts about 14 overall, Carla? I don't know. I, I think it was one of the more boring seasons. I think that they were kind of treading water at that point. It's what it felt like to me. Um, that's when you can really tell that that the um, the end was coming near. Um, there was just not a lot of places left to go with the characters, even with um, the the new blood, with all of the the hunters brought back from the other uh, universe, and with with Jack. You know, they they went back to the well with Jack losing his soul, which um, I I just I wasn't all that into it. Um, I had pretty much checked out by season 14 with the show. And again, you know, I, I kept up with it because in part uh, to know what Meg was writing about, but also because I just wanted to see for myself how it was ending and how they were bringing that about. Um, I, I hated how much time was wasted on Nick. I thought that, you know, like, let's just be rid of this dude. There's nothing compelling or interesting about him anymore. Um, we, just were forced to watch him realize that, oh yeah, he is a bad guy. It's, it's not just convenient that Lucifer used him to do all these horrible things. He's just a bad person in the first place. Still, could not possibly have cared less. Could not. I mean, just, you know, fall off a cliff somewhere, man. I don't care. Um, the fact that he summoned Lucifer back from the from the empty really made me mad because he's a human how is he a human summoning Lucifer back from the empty when 
it was all Dean was trying to do last season for Cass, and that couldn't happen. And yet this total rando is able to communicate with an archangel. Like, you're trying to sell me on that as if that's an interesting thing. No, don't care. Burn them both. Um, you know, and, and uh, Jack killing Mary, I thought, was... If we wanted to be done with Mary, there were many ways to do it that did not involve that could that, that did not have to involve Jack as the guilty party. I I did not like that. I didn't understand the reasoning for it other than to make Dean and, and Sam angry at him all over again. Um I understand, you know, he, he loses his soul, but come on, that is the, just a cheap way to get rid of, of Mary. It's like okay. Maybe they came to the realization that the Mary Gambit did not pay off the way that they thought it would. But having her killed off, seriously, that's the best you can come up with. And the best you can come up with is to have Jack do it. I, I just, I, there was so much about that season that I just did not enjoy. Um, I, I'm trying to find something nice to say about season 14. Uh, I can't really find anything though, so I will conclude my thoughts here. <laughs> um, Aaron yeah I kind of agree there wasn't anything super memorable I guess I haven't rewatched it since it aired and I think this was kind of a season where like I wasn't eagerly anticipating every episode like before like I think I went a couple episodes and would like watch two or three at a time sometimes so um, I like the I mean, I still like Jack and that I do think it was not fair that that Jack is the one that killed Mary. I think that was a little, I don't know, weird. Um, I don't like the fact that they involved so many of the um, apocalypse world people as hunters. I don't know that just throwing a bunch of new random people in there. I didn't enjoy Um and it seemed not fair to them. Like, did they all want to be hunters or did they just like have nothing else to do? Cause they had no lives. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't seem fair to them, but um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened that I might have an opinion on, but I think it's okay. I don't really have a lot of memories of season 14, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Meg. <laughs> I mean, that's, Sounds about right. So I'm, I'm actually scrolling through IMDb because normally, even if I don't like a season, um, I can find some some episodes that I really, really like. I don't like season seven, but some of my favorite episodes are in season seven. I'm scrolling through and I'm just like, I think I, re- I remember like four of them. Um, and I should have read my own reviews to, to brush up on it beforehand because I had a lot of thoughts while they were airing. Um so the 300th episode was during season 14 and that's the Lebanon one. And there were some interesting things about that with John coming back. I have thought, I have feelings about that. Um, it really pissed me off that Cass wasn't involved because they seem to leave Misha Collins out of every important episode. And I find that kind of unforgivable because it's, he's, he's not a one-off character he's been there for 12 years. Um, the peace of mind one with the little like Pleasantville was an interesting episode. Um, 
the thing that made me so angry about Jack killing Mary wasn't even necessarily that Jack killed Mary is that he didn't intend to, he was having a temper tantrum and he accidentally kills her. If he was going to kill her, I would rather have him do it with intent. Um, one thing I did remember about this season was speculating and how interesting I thought I wrote a whole in the review at, for Jack in the box when they try and put Jack in the Malachi box, how interesting it would be if their final big bad was actually Jack um, and how, for season 15, how that would be a really kind of interesting way to see someone that at least two of them at the time, um, Dean had still not really warmed up to him that much, um, but viewed him as a son and someone they loved. And to have that kind of emotional trauma of having to fight someone that they love and basically have been raising. Um, I thought that would have been interesting, but that's not what we got. The season finale was really good. I thought Mariah was good. I liked that last visual ending of all of the monsters coming out or all the zombie things and stuff like that. But I don't have a whole lot of other things to say. It was really kind of a it felt like the whole season was just kind of treading water. Um I think a big reason I, I liked see, seeing Sam as a leader. I liked to see him leading people. I thought that was really interesting. I think that's something that we've always heard. He was a natural leader, but it was nice to see it in action. Um, and I think I just scrubbed my brain because Nick was involved. And I hated, hated the Nick Lucifer storyline so much. Like, I, I do remember like rage reviewing about Nick. So that's all I've got to say about it. Paula. I think I literally rolled my eyes when we saw Nick. <laughs> I, I was so beyond done at that point with Nick and Lucifer. I, I hated that they kept going back to that. Um, the, the, uh, you know, seeing Sam take charge of the hunters was really nice you know they had touched on that a little bit earlier even with the the british men of letters and when he led the hunters on that raid against the raid against them um it was it was a little weird though having all those alternate universe hunters in the bunker though because that was like it was like that's sam and dean's home and now you have all these other people in there that don't feel like they belong um so that was a little jarring but <clears throat> i i could get over that um Meg, you're absolutely right with with um, you know Jack throwing the temper tantrum, and that's why Mary died. You know, at that point, I was hoping that Jack would become the big bad, um, just so we could just end that whole storyline. Because you know, like I said before, I was never really a big fan of Jack anyway, so that would have been that would have been a great way to um, end his storyline. I think is if he had been the big bad and they had to take him down. Um, and I, I really like the finale too, um, especially at the very end when you see all the souls coming back and there's all these nods to all of the previous hunts they did, starting with the woman in white. And, and it was kind of fun to find those little Easter eggs of, oh, I remember that hunt. I remember that episode. I remember that. So that was really cool. Um, but, um, oh, and, and the, the 300th episode with, with John coming back, the thing that I really liked about that was the fact that Sam got to have that closure with John because they had such a contentious relationship. I felt that Sam finally got to have the closure with John that Dean got to have with Mary. And I really liked that. 
Yeah, I, I had to refresh my memory about what even happened in this season. I will be honest. Um, I don't remember it well. I don't remember a lot of these seasons, 12 through 15. Um, so I really had to refresh my memory. Um, Sam being in charge, eh, okay, it was fine. Um, it didn't excite me or anything. Um, the Souls storyline and then Jack losing his soul, eh, didn't excite me much. Seeing Donatello or whatever his name was come back wasn't exciting either. Nick coming back was absolutely unforgivable in a lot of ways, I think, just because of all this stuff that happened during that time that was very um, – I'm a horror fan and I, lo I watch a lot of bloody horror movies. I love slasher films. I thought Nick's whole thing was so violent in this very, um, very disturbing way. And I remember saying that a couple times because and I like that stuff in my horror movies. It just didn't fit for this. Um, it seemed weird. But I do agree um, the finale was good. I remember I watched it actually at a. And I don't think Paula and Aaron were there, but at a um, supernatural party here and we had to get together and we watched it outside in the backyard on a big screen. And I was like one of the only people that actually liked the end. Um, and I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I think it's because I didn't like the rest of the season. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Something I actually like. Um, and so I was excited about what that would bring. Yeah, so I, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. I mean, I've already said how I feel about Jack killing Mary. So, And I do agree. I, I actually thought Jack was going to be the big bad in season five. I thought somehow that was going to – I mean, season five, season 15. <laughs> season five. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I really thought. Uh, Meg, you were going to add something? Yeah, I just I, – again, I thought that would have been a really cool – interesting storyline uh, I just wanted to throw it here so I was wondering what I thought during during when I was reviewing it and I just one line I just saw that I wrote stood out to me and I just thought it was hilarious uh, I wrote that I bet if Lucifer's vessel vessel wasn't a white guy the storyline and character would finally fucking stay dead and that's basically how I have always felt about the Lucifer and Nick storyline so I'm glad to know I'm consistent in my hatred so that's all. I just thought that was funny and you guys would appreciate it. It's very true. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to season 15 because I know this is going to take up the this this would be longer. Um so we've already touched on the demons and the dead rising and what that also leads to is of course Rowena sacrificing herself, which we touched on a little bit on our um in our last um sorry, on our um Carver episodes. Um, but I just want to get general thoughts on those, the dead rising and then Rowena ending up ruling hell after she um, died, Carla. I thought, okay, the, the demons and the dead rising, I was like, boring. Um, in, in a way, it was an extension of season 14 in the boring sense. I mean, I just want to make that clear. Um, they brought back some memorable baddies and that was pretty cool to see. But you knew that that was not going to be the meat of season 15 it, it was very clear that it was going to move on to bigger and badder things so you know i was just kind of like can we just move along with this because i am I, I just want to get to whatever the meat is going to be and um rowena's sacrifice i thought that she had one of the best character deaths of anybody in supernatural and of course i it was totally undermined when like two episodes later it's like i'm back 
and I'm the ruler of hell. I, I don't do a Scottish accent at all. Sorry. Like, I, I can't even attempt it. Um, but yeah, so she's, you know, she, she dies. She gets one of the best send-offs we've ever seen. Um, and one of the most killer Rowena, out, Rowena outfits that we've ever seen, by the way. And this whole scene with um, with Sam, because he's the one destined to kill her. And because they have that very this very interesting relationship where they, in a, you know, he very reluctantly trusts her and she trusts him also. Like, they're, um, they get each other. He, she gets his potential more than almost any other character does. And, you know, for all that, Supernatural likes to bury the fact that that uh, Sam dabbled in magic and Sam did more than just follow his brother around with a puppy face. Rowena remembers and Rowena wants to help foster that in Sam. And then, then again, they drop off the thread later on because it wasn't convenient to the show, I guess. But um, yeah, so Rowena ru- ruling hell. I was like, all right, I guess, you know, like, cause if you don't want to go that route, I mean, it, it never hurt, uh, hurts to have a, an ally in hell. And she was, a, she was very interesting in the way that she decided to, um, to implement her rule. And I think that, that the way that she went about it was pretty cool and pretty, I would have liked to have seen more of it, not in Supernatural though, because again, that would have just dragged the, the storyline um, to a more boring place. I, I feel like, a, I think we were just like ready to see what the big deal was going to be after this. Um, other than, than Abaddon ruling hell for like a split second, we didn't really have a woman doing it. And the way that Rowena took over, and I think people, well, people, demons, were pretty pleased, or at the very least, deferential, because they're deadly afraid of her, was pretty cool to see. Aaron? Yeah, Rowena ruling, ruling hell, that's the show that I would watch. Like, that, I feel like it that would be fantastic. I like her in charge and I like the sacrifice that she made for the boys. She always had a soft spot for them and especially for Sam. And I agree. I, I like every once in a while when there's that little nugget of Sam, like knowing a spell for something. Um, What else are we talking about? Oh, the demons and the dead rising. I don't know the the whole thing, that whole season kind of, the beginning of it seemed sort of like they were trying to be sentimental to us because we knew it was the end. And they're like, here's some greatest hits of some uh, old cases that we can revisit. And it kind of seemed like they were buying time till the end. Um, but I'm all for Rowena ruling hell. I'll, I'll go there if she's in charge. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Meg. I like that she had like a social hour, like a, a reception for all the new people who come to hell. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about Rowena ruling hell because I was in the Carver episode and I really kind of talked so much about how much I absolutely love Rowena and, and no one needs to hear me go on and on about it again. Um, I just wanted to add that her sacrifice was awesome. She had a fantastic death. I didn't feel like it was negated by her ruling hell because I feel like that's exactly the thing Rowena would do. Like, it was so, like, of course Rowena rules hell. Like, I couldn't think of anybody else, and she'd be better at it than Lucifer or Crowley or Abaddon. Um, and I thought that was great. I, in general, honestly, I'm just, I I loved this season. I, I think it's a shame it was only 18 episodes. 
Um, but the the demons and the dead rising, I'm glad it only lasted a short while. Um, I think part of what I loved so much about this season was really the emotional arcs between Dean and Cass and Sam and kind of having that um, situation. Cause I don't watch horror movies. I watch movies for character. Like I watch the show for the characters and the relationships, not so much for their, for their, the horror aspects. So I, yeah, Rowena's amazing. The demons in the dead rising was kind of fun. I liked seeing uh, John Wayne Gacy's the clown ghost again. Um, I liked seeing Kevin again. It made me really, really sad um, that he was going to be wandering around in the veil forever. That broke my heart. Um, I'm glad that it seems as if that was resolved and he's able to be in heaven because of Jack. Uh, But that's, yeah. Oh, I... I, I love the fact that Rowena ended up ruling hell. Um, it was it was really neat to see, you know, because her and Sam had kind of developed that relationship, even though she knew that Sam was going to be the one to kill her. Um, and how she made that sacrifice. She knew that Sam was going to be the one to kill her. He had to do it. And, and it was it was difficult for both of them. But it, it, it really was a great, um, a great ending for that character arc and then just and then to turn around and see her ruling hell of course she is of course she is i think that was pretty much her game plan all along when she first came back so to see that she finally did it but she started out as such a bad character you know an evil character if you will but she ended up being a good person you know an ally to the boys so i really it was it was really cool to see that um I, I, I don't really remember the first couple of episodes with the with the demons in the Dead Rising, so I don't really have much to say about that. So, well, as I said on our Carver episode, I always wanted to Rowena to rule hell. That was always my ultimate of what I wanted for her to have. I wish we had been able to see her rule hell more. Um, that would have been really interesting. Um, I do agree. I think she had. Um, Next to Bobby, I think she had the best send off death. Um, I think it was it was and it, it didn't hurt like it didn't feel like a slap in the face to have her be murdered, which is rare when the women die on Supernatural. So that was a nice change of pace. Um, I will say and I'm a, maybe I'm just naive or stupid or something, but I honestly thought that with all of the dead rising and coming back. I thought that's what season 15 was going to be is that somehow all of the people that they had killed are coming back or all the monsters and everything. And so they're going to have to relive their greatest hits. Um, And I, I, for some reason I thought that's what was going to (laughs) happen. I will say as someone who doesn't like Jack, I liked the demon Jack. I thought he was pretty interesting. Um, (laughs) I would have preferred that to stay around. Um, So I will say that. Um, as a positive, since I haven't said anything positive, much positive about him. So I will throw that little nugget in there. Um, but yeah, that, those are my overall thoughts on, on, on those two things. Um, and so what were your thoughts about having God or Chuck end up being the big bad Carla? I thought that, that I felt like that was, that that was the end of, end of, oh my God. I felt like that was the inevitability 
because I feel like the show was ramping up to a showdown with God. You know, you you, you went from um, Chuck being this adorable prophet um, to maybe being God. You know, there was a question for a while that was not so much of a question because I think everybody knew um, to an absent father to the worst. You know, it, and it, it just seemed like a natural buildup and a natural progression to where we would end up. Because after all, Chuck is the author of Dean and Sam's worst nightmares. He is the one who has um, pretty much screwed them over time and again. He's brought back Castiel not so much for... It, my theory, and I, I think I told this to, to Meg once, was that he hated Cass because Cass didn't follow the script. And so his punishment for Cass was to keep bringing him back um, to just constantly be unhappy and constantly be unloved. Um, but one thing that I've always wondered is how fans who are pretty religious and, and uh, cause there are a lot of fans who are religious how they can reconcile their relationship to their relationship to a show that made God out to be a villain. But what I've come to figure is that Chuck was very much an old Testament kind of God where everything is a trial and a punishment and you have to uh, really bow to him. You know, the fact that Becky didn't bow to him and do exactly what he wanted cost her, her family and cost her, her because he just he banished her to whatever place he did um the other universes that he created did follow the script that he set out but they bored him so he made them go away too and all of that is very old testament you know if things didn't go the way that old testament god wanted then boom you're 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 done you know um so it was very interesting to see that play out and it made sense to me in the end the way that it did end because there's no better and more fitting punishment for Chuck than to be a nobody when he's used to being everything. And the fact that his power is gone, he has to just be another human and just live in the world that he created that he uh, claimed to love, but that he treated so poorly and nobody's going to know who he is. Nobody's going to be praying to him or asking him for a miracle. That was the punishment that he deserved. Paula, were you going to add something onto that really quickly? Yeah, I just want to add something really quick on um, what you're saying about how people that are religious can separate uh, the check in the show and, and what they know of religion. Um, as, as somebody that, that falls into that category, um, I just I see the show as as fiction, so it's it's not hard for me to reconcile those two things because this is this is purely a work of fiction as much as I love this world. So I just I just keep them separate and um and it it, it doesn't cause any kind of a you know a, a problem or that reconciling those two those two things. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Thanks, Paula. Yeah, that's interesting because I you know I've been wondering that for years because for a solid ten years. Chuck has been a nuisance at best and a bad guy at worst. So that's, I was curious about that. Aaron, your thoughts. I, I like, well, first of all, in the season 14 
finale, I just love watching Chuck just like lose it when he can't control them. And that's kind of like his last straw. And uh, has he ever been able to control them at all um, that he made this whole world and everyone can do whatever he wants, except for, except for them. And uh, for, I don't know what, 10 years he's been toying with them and he just thinks that he's got all the power and it turns out he doesn't. So I, I think that's really interesting and how everything has just been leading up to this. I think that the storyline was written really well that they brought it all to this point, I guess. Um, I don't know what else to say. Carla kind of covered it well. <laughs> I don't know. Got Chuck's Chuck's a jerk. We know this. We've known this for 10 years now. Right. So I don't know, but I am satisfied with it. Meg. Uh, I actually really loved that Chuck was going to be the big bad. Um, I thought it was really interesting, like, especially in unity, to see the little ways in which um, Chuck had been controlling Sam and Dean and to see um, the hero's journey was interesting when they were just regular people. I thought that was a really fun episode when they like everything kept going wrong because they weren't heroes in the story. Um, I liked that as a really kind of subtle, not super subtle, obviously, but as a way to show kind of that they think they they've always thought they had free will but chuck has always had a hand in everything that they did from um their luck with hunting for two being able to drive for like 70 hours straight and baby being a 40 some year old 50 year old car not needing constant ma- look it's just i thought that was really interesting i thought it really came to a head in unity when dean is just so focused on killing Chuck and he's just hyper focused on it. And it doesn't make sense for him as a character to be like this. And he pulls a gun on Sam and that was just so jarring to see. And then when you see like Chuck, like watching and smiling because this is what, this was the ending that he had planned. Um, I thought that was so, I thought that was really, really well done to have him be this really in everything villain and going back and watching it, knowing that colors a lot of stuff. And I also thought what was so interesting and so important that they addressed was the only person who had free will 100% was Cass. Um, Cass was the only one who he couldn't, that God could never really actually control. I thought it was really interesting that God kept bringing him back because of that i think it was more of it was a fascination for a lot of times because cast in this universe is the only cast that doesn't follow orders and this universe was the only one who didn't fall in line after he raised dean from perdition and i thought that was so beautiful especially as a destiel shipper to have how important it is to know that the things Cass feels and says to Dean and to everybody else um, is real. Like when in, in episode two, I think it was when 
he's like says to Dean, he's like, you want to know what all this is real? We are. And he's right. And I think that's so cool. I think 90% of this season I thought was really, really kind of really well done. Um, I think they did some really strong work. Um, but that's, yeah, I, I could keep going, but I'm going to step back. Paula? I, yeah, I said before, I, I would have rather seen Jack be the villain this season, but I guess they kind of, you know, they kind of foreshadowed that this would happen, even if they didn't realize they were doing it. Because I was just thinking back to, to when, when they first introduced Chuck and you realize that he's writing these books about him and he makes a comment of, why would I do that? I'm such a cruel, cruel, capricious God. And I, and I just, I just thought of that. I was like, yeah, yeah, you are. (laughs) And now we need to take you out. Um, But I, I thought it was really interesting because I mean, how, how can you go, you can't go much bigger than, than taking down God in, in the story. So I think for a final villain that it was very fitting. Um, (laughs) I, I, I want to say one thing about about Chuck is I actually liked Chuck for a long, long time. I even briefly liked Chuck after he was revealed to actually be God in season 11. Um, I didn't really think of him as a nuisance or annoying or anything like that. Um, I did. Um, I did like the concept of having God be the villain. I didn't like the execution of God being the villain. Um, I think um, I don't like Dab's seasons at all, really. I don't really like any of these seasons except for a couple of episodes and a couple of things. Um, my problem with Dab's seasons and with a lot of the writing, even writers that I used to love, is a lot of the characters to me aren't written in character. And I understand they feel like they can get away with it because of God with this, but the writing is so lazy to me and the storytelling is so lazy and the execution is so lazy that I honestly for, forgot most of the episodes that were in season 15. I remember moments, but then people will mention something. I'm like, huh, what? I don't even remember that storyline. And I know I watched it. I've watched every episode and I know it just happened this year. And well, not just this year. I mean, it did happen in 2019 too. And then 2020 happened. So I know that's part of it, but I just honestly don't remember a lot of it. There's only one thing from season 15. I mean, well, we're ruling hell, but there's only one thing that I really, really love. And we're going to get that to that in a second. So for me, you know, it's sad because this show means so much to me and it's brought so many amazing things into my life. But I just I I just didn't love it anymore. And the only character, the only character of the main ones that I still loved was then was Dean. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sorry. I was going to try and just not say anything anymore because I said so much about Jack. But I just wanted to get that get that <laughs> get that across. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Sam and Eileen, because this was a ship that had happened when Eileen was introduced. And I, I think that was in season 11 and people had been shipping her and she appeared in fanfics. And I honestly didn't think they would ever actually make them a couple. Um, I just thought they'd just hit at it. But then of course they did in, um, season 15. So what were your thoughts on that, Carla? 
I loved Sam and Eileen from the moment that, from the very first episode where, where Eileen showed up, she really seemed to captivate Sam and to really challenge him. Um, and she was also just a lot of fun to watch. Um, she's also, of course, the first real representation uh, of a disabled person, um, of a deaf person on Supernatural. Because anything that they've had anybody with a disability, you know, I think back to Bobby when he was in the wheelchair, it's always seen as an undesirable thing or something that should be cured. And here you have Eileen, who is who is deaf and still written as a very competent hunter. And in fact, there was some list that, that Shoshana Stein herself recently tweeted in which somebody said that um, that Eileen was probably the best uh, hunter aside from Sam and Dean. And absolutely, she is. She's she's cunning. She's uh, smart. She has amazing fighting skills. Um, and that's part of why I think we all felt it really hard when they killed her off that first time. And the reason that I'm bringing this up um, is because that's even that makes it even more important that... Uh, that she came back and that she was able to have this relationship with, with Sam. Um, you have somebody who deserved to, to, to be there the whole time. There was never a time when, uh, when, when I could think, you know, of all of the characters that they should bring at, bring back. Well, I wasn't counting on Eileen. No, I definitely thought Eileen should come back. She got the return that she deserved. Um, it is kind of silly that, you know, like Rowena has been sitting on the spell to bring back a that person and it just happened to work with Eileen and, you know, like whatever, I'll, I'll take it. I, I was happy to have her back in part because even as somebody who is not the I'm not a Sam girl by any means, but I I did want him to be happy and she brought him happiness. They brought each other happiness. They, they gave each other a place in the world that they didn't necessarily previously have. Um and even though, because the show insists on it being about dudes being dudes in flannel with a muscle car, she didn't necessarily get the amount of uh, of screen time that I think Eileen deserved. She was still a very strong presence in in his life and really served to guide, I think, a lot of um, of what he wanted in the end. Because she gave him a taste of what life outside of his brother could be like. That it doesn't just have to be him and Dean. And that he can be happy following another path. Um, now, as far as this this leads to the end where, you know, we vaguely see some woman standing in a house. And we don't know who it is. And it really should have been Eileen because there's no real reason that there should, that they shouldn't have been that, that was pretty devastating. Um, as Meg has pointed out, you know, Sam could have just signed something back to Eileen just so that we knew that it, that it was her. They could have showed, photoshopped them together. You know, they had that, that big collage of pictures in Sam's house. Like you're telling me that they couldn't have photoshopped, um, a Sam and Dean, uh, a, a Sam and, um, Sam and Dean, no, thank you. Sam and Eileen, wedding thing there were so many ways to have honored her presence in sam's life 
that weren't um, that weren't taken. And, and that just it makes me really sad, um, even as much as I as, as I revel in the fact that they got to, that time together. Aaron. I love Eileen. I'm glad that she did get to come back. It was so nice to see Sam happy with her that episode where he like gets all dressed up and they go on the date and he he has flowers for her or whatever i thought it was really sweet i think they were a great couple i think she was perfect for him i know that there's people that don't like eileen or whatever but that's fine we won't talk about that um i think yeah i think they were really good together and it's like sad that i don't think I don't know there's my husband and I have disagreements about this of whether they ended up together because I don't think she came back when Jack brought everybody back so I think in that scene you're talking about Carla where there's someone standing on the porch in the background I think that person has blonde hair and I don't think she sh- uh, that Eileen ever had blonde hair so I don't think he ended up with her which makes me really sad because um, that's like if Sam deserved anything, he deserved Eileen for sure, because I think they were really great together. Uh, no, they ended up together. I refuse to believe anything else. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll I'll buy that. Let's go with that. She dyed her hair. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I, I will say just really quickly, since um, I've, I've been on the opposite of a lot of stuff, I did love Eileen. So don't worry. I'm not one of those that didn't like Eileen. So... <laughs> So that 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 might I might have to actually have gotten up and walked away. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, um, because other than oh, well, here's the thing, and and I didn't get a chance to talk up to about Eileen in any of the other th- uh, episodes. Um, other than Charlie's death, Eileen's was the most enraging to me. Um, she was deaf, and she was killed by a hellhound. She couldn't see them, she couldn't hear them, and what was made me so angry about that is. She should have been able to hear them because the hellhounds growls and cries and stuff like that are a soul sound. They're not something that you hear with your ears. And I found that so horrific and disgusting to do to a deaf character to kill them by an animal, by a monster that they couldn't see. Um, Sorry. I I have a lot of really passionate feelings about Eileen. Um, I used, I was at one point fluent in sign language, um, and it's so incredibly unheard of to have a deaf character on a show like this who is a badass, who is in no way hindered by their deafness. Um, I also love the fact that when Cass has helped heal, I think he, I think he's helped heal her with stuff before. That was never even something that was like, hey, I can make you not deaf anymore. I'm so I would have been I would have probably rage quit the show. If, if that had, had been the case, um, I have a lot of, I've spent a lot of time with people in the deaf community and I, and, and hearing about how important that representation is. So aside from her and Sam's relationship, Eileen was a fantastic character and her first death made me so incredibly angry that I, I almost quit watching the show when that happened. And I have put up with this show (laughs) through a lot of frustrations. Um, As far as her and Sam goes, I absolutely love Sam and Eileen. I love their relationship. I think Sam is adorable learning sign language. (laughs) 
I think it's so cute when they go on their little dates. I refuse to believe they're not married. I don't care. I don't care who that person is. You know what? That person, that was his neighbor. He was just, it was just a weird angle. I don't care. Um, if they decided to make her a blurry face on purpose so we can put what we want in there and 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 play with that, then that's what my my choice is for that. Um, I just... I absolutely, I love Saline. I think it's such a ridiculous ship name, but I love it. Um, and I even shipped Sam with Rowena a little bit there too, but Sam and Eileen are just such a wonderful couple. And I was so glad to see some happiness for him because he does deserve to be happy and he does deserve to have that good life. Um, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about about that but i was just so angry when she died and i never got a chance to yell about it on any other <laughs> any other forum no it's fine i i agree completely um paula i my sister is deaf so i cannot even tell you how incredibly excited i was to have such an amazing strong deaf female character on this show and from the very first episode she was on i shipped sam and eileen so hard i will go down with that ship you can't tell me that was anybody but eileen in that last episode with sam they may have left it intentionally vague that's fine it was it was eileen it was eileen period um i you're absolutely right meg what they did when they killed her off was disgusting it was such a slap in the face to that character like you said she was deaf there was that they could the fact that they killed her off i could have accepted but the way they did it was wrong so wrong and i'm so glad that they did bring her back and that made that made me happy it doesn't erase the fact that they that they did her so wrong in that death but i'm so glad that they brought her back and I will forever believe that that was her in in that that scene, um, at the end with with Sam and and, and their son. I just it, it's Eileen hands down. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else to say about that. As I've said before, I'm I'm not I'm not a big Sam fan, um, but but I love Eileen so much, and I liked her chemistry so much with Jared that um shoshana's chemistry with jared that i shipped them and i had never really cared about at all who sam ended up with this was the only person i didn't ship sam with rowena i never saw that um but i did ship him um with eileen definitely um i like to believe that that's who he ended up with too um and yeah having not only having that character but having a deaf actress play that character makes it even better Um, when I was in high school, my theater teacher was deaf and, you know, the, at, I know my theater teacher used to always say, you know, she, she loved music so much and she would sit there and she would feel the vibrations of the music. And so she could hear the music without hearing the music because she felt the vibrations. And so the fact that Eileen couldn't even feel a vibration from a hellhound, I mean, a hellhound, come on, she would have felt that it's just it's dumbing her down it's disrespectful it's cruel it's heartless um especially since she was so such a strong character um she kicked ass and and you know it was just that was awful that's why i'm glad they brought her back 
um, and brought her back with it wasn't like an AU version or anything like that. It was actually her. That was pretty awesome. And I think the actress is she's she's incredible. She's really good. Really, really good. And like I said, I think their chemistry is great. So I I definitely ship them. Meg. Yeah, I just I wanted so we talk a lot about a bit about ableism on the show and, and some of the more discreet things. That was probably the most blatant and disgusting form of ableism I have ever seen in not just this show, any. Like, I I remember when it happened, my dad, because my dad watches the show also, my dad and I talking about it, and it was, I've never been so angry. <laughs> like, I think, now that I think about it, I think I was more angry about that than Charlie, Um to be honest, because Charlie's death was disgusting and gross. And I talked a lot about that in the last episode and the when we talked about Carver. Um, but this just took it to a completely different level. This seemed intentionally ableist. And it just... So, anyway, that's all. I just thought it was so gross. No, I agree. It was intentionally cruel is really what it felt like, you know, and, and supernatural can do that <laughs> better than a lot of shows. They can be cruel better than a lot of shows. I think honestly, as, as much as I love a lot of this show, that's one of the biggest problems with it for sure. Um, well, let's move on to another, um, love story. It, um, Cass in his last episode, or as some people are calling it, the series finale. <laughs> um, Cass, in order to save Dean, he does realize, you know, what his true happiness would be in order to send him to the empty. And he realizes a little loophole around that. And he confesses his love to Dean. Um, Carla, what were your thoughts of that whole scene? My God, I have so many thoughts. And, you know, it was an absolutely beautiful scene. It it was so well written by Bobo Barons and perfectly acted by by Misha and by Jensen. Um, it was, there was so much love and intent behind that, and you could really feel it coming through. Um, for a show that has tried to kind of simultaneously squash and play up the romance between Cass and Dean, and in the end, you know, we, we are, we're given this beautiful scene in which Cass calls up the um, the happiness that he didn't think he could have because he realized that he could be happy just by expressing it, just by accepting himself and his fullness, accepting his love for Dean and telling Dean how much he loved him was beautiful. And that's not to say, because I have a lot of other things to say about that, but it, it in and of itself it's it's a beautiful moment um in every bit but as it plays into the whole of the show and in how uh, the show has a history of queer baiting and a history of barrier gaze it absolutely plays into that and I know, and I know even Misha himself has said no it doesn't play into the um uh, barrier gaze trope because his sacrifice allows Dean to uh to then live and therefore have a hand in saving the world so his sacrifice lives on which is all good and well but impact is greater than intent and the impact for a lot of people is that you have somebody who as soon as they come out is taken 
and that part of the sacrifice, not the sacrifice itself, but that part of the sacrifice, the the, the love and the romance of the sacrifice is never spoken of again. And in that sense, that's also burying that significant moment. Um, and, you know, I, I really feel like it was a, a rock in a hard place kind of, of moment because you want to give this beautiful tribute to Castile and everything that he has meant to Dean and to the show. Castile is able to voice all of these things that he has felt, not just for Dean, but for who Dean is. He gives Dean the confidence um, to say, I'm not just a violent person. I'm not just an angry person. I am so much more than that. And that's because Castiel sees him and lets him have this realization that he hasn't let himself, that Dean hasn't let himself internalize in all of this time, that he is worth more than what his detractors make him out to be. And you even see that immediately in the next episode, um, or the the one after that, where, no, no, immediately in the next episode, where uh, Chuck is telling him, you know, this is, this is your moment. This is what you were born to do. You kill, you, 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 you're destructive, do this. And Dean says, that's not who I am. And that I feel is a direct result of the words the cast said to him in his final moments. He absolutely took it and absorbed it and ran with it. And I am forever grateful to Bobo for writing those words and to, and to Dean, to, uh, sorry, to Misha for playing the hell out of that moment. Um, so yes, there's beauty, but there's also this ugliness that underlies um, so much of what Supernatural has uh, struggled with as a show in their treatment of of uh, characters who are not straight, who are not um, anything that they want their leads to be. They, they want Dean and Sam to be straight, white, macho dudes. And uh, the survivors of uh, the people who get to live on in Supernatural are seldom in that category. I've talked before about how, you know, if if you're Black in Supernatural, you're very likely going to die. If you're a woman in Supernatural, you're not going to be a multifaceted character unless you're white. Um, And again, the moment that Castiel confirms yeah, I'm not straight. I am in love with you. He's gone. So, and, and I could go back and, and say again, Misha said this, but this is the truth. But in the end, I don't think that so many um, so many queer fans can be wrong and their uh, points of view should not be dismissed. I don't know if I should say much about this um, because I... Carly, you said it so beautifully, and it was such an emotional scene. And it was so, I don't know, touching and sweet and tragic. And I've never been in the Destiel camp, so I don't want to minimize that for other people and minimize their feelings about it. So maybe I should just abstain from this altogether. Okay. Okay. Meg? Um, yeah, Carly, you really kind of hit the nail on the head a lot of things. It's a lot of things. I love 
Um, Dean has needed to hear these words about himself for his whole life. And I love that Cass was the one to tell him and to give him that affirmation and that validation. And Castiel is probably the one, Castiel is the only one that we know on the show who has seen Dean at his absolute worst at Dean in hell, Dean doing with the Mark and demon Dean. And he still sees this beauty in him and this love and, and to have someone in, who has seen all of you tell you that no matter how bad the things you do, you are worthy and you are good. And I think that was so important for Dean to hear. I think it's what, like you said, Carla, I think it's what um, helped him not kill Chuck. I think it's what helped him um, grow in the very small amount of time we actually got to see him do that. I, I see him grow a lot as a person, um, as a, as a, and that's like, not even as a, as a shipper, that's, I took my shipper goggles off for a second for that. Just kind of talking about, um, Dean being able to hear that from somebody and knowing, especially how important it is to know that Castiel, like I said, the episode before, um, that was not God. That wasn't God tricking him. Um, and messing with him. And I thought that was so, so important that they established that before Castiel um, confessed that he is in love with Dean. Um, as a shipper, it felt very um, vindicating to know that what I saw, I wasn't crazy for seeing what I saw. Um, and I think a lot of it, I think that's hard, especially and not, and obviously I don't, think that anyone on this call who's not a shipper did that but there's a really brutal part of the fandom that relentlessly berates and mocks shippers as if we are somehow less um worthy of being a fan and our opinions are like we're only allowed to have opinions because all or i'm sorry all of our opinions are only because about our ship like if we don't like something it's because of our ship if we do like something it's because of our ship as if we can't watch or see or criticize or praise this show beyond this one narrow confine um because I, I I agree with Carla. I think it was really, the barrier gaze was really, really hard to stomach. I take small comfort in knowing that Castiel isn't dead. He's in heaven. And being in heaven for an angel is obviously different than being in heaven for a, a human. So I think outside of a shipper, I, I loved that, that Dean got to finally hear those things. As a shipper, I... Loved feeling that um, every time I saw a cast looking at Dean and thinking and knowing that he's in love with him, that that was true and that was right. And I wasn't a bad fan to see that and believe that. So that's my kind of rambly thought, I feel like. No, it wasn't rambly at all, I don't think. Um, Paula, your thoughts? I think Meg said it perfectly. Um, I, I would like to. No, I, I, I do believe that Castiel is in love. You know, I, I'm, I'm a shipper. 
but I don't see how even the people that don't ship can't see it's it's been said so many times that they have such a profound bond so even if you don't ship that relationship it was such an important thing for dean to hear from someone who was so important to him you know second only to maybe sam and it it was it was beautifully written it was beautifully acted by misha i think that was one of the best um performances he's given in this show and it it was it was it was a, it was a beautiful scene to see i loved it um yeah i i used to ship Destiel and then i stopped um i will say this scene um made those the shipper in me kind of come back a little bit um i will be honest i had I was bored of Cass up until this point. Um, I and not because of Misha and not because of the character, mainly because of the just because of the writing. And and Cass had been my second favorite for forever. Um, I already spoke a little bit about this season in um, season one in our in our first episode about how how much this scene meant to me personally. I never thought this show would let Dean ever hear those words from anybody, let alone someone that he loves and trusts. And so the fact that they did that was remarkable. It was like, it, 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 it was so beautiful and so heartbreaking at the same time in a way, because you knew that Cass was leaving and it, but on the Dean, the Dean side of it, of him being able to hear those words, which I don't think he's fully accepted that those are true. I don't think he did at all. I don't think we fully got to see that. I think there was part of it where he did, but I think with Dean's guilt, he also felt like, Oh, well, because this person loves me, of course they die. Um, protect, you know, saving me. Am I really worth that? I think there was part of that in there too. And I think that's why in the next episode, he said, take me, take, take us. We'll go, we'll go just bring him back. And I think that part of that is because he had that guilt over it. Of Cass had such a love for me and he didn't deserve to die for loving little old me. I don't deserve that. So I think there was still that, that self-hatred in there. But I still love that he got to hear those words. And the way they were shared with him were so beautiful. And the fact that he got to see that he, because of his love, because of how loving he is and beautiful he is, he changed a celestial being. I mean, that is incredible. And to be able to hear that and to, and to, be able to hear in such a passionate way with I mean I agree Misha was really really good I do agree that was the best performance I've ever seen him give on the show um but yeah it was just so like I said I never thought that would happen and it made me really cry because it was just something that I had been wanting for so long and I'm I'm talking outside of the fact that it was a a love confession just the fact of telling him, I, I've heard so long on this show and from people who've watched the show that Dean um, 
isn't empathetic, that Dean doesn't really feel, that Dean doesn't know how to feel things, that Dean doesn't this and that. And I've always said that's not true. Dean is the most empathetic character on the show. To me, he feels deeply, deeply and profoundly. He just has a wall up because he's so afraid. And so to hear a character actually say this was so rewarding um, and so beautiful and wonderful. And to hear it come from somebody that next to Sam, he trusts immensely, you know, and loves completely. But I do think it was, it was great um, and beautiful. And it would have been nice to see that maybe even though Cass thought he was going to the empty, maybe somehow because of what he said, that somehow, I don't know, it defeated the empty and he didn't have to go. That thought just popped into my head. Um, and to kind of reverse that barrier gaze trope, which is a very harmful trope, which we've discussed before on this podcast. Um, and we've discussed a lot the problem of queer baiting that this show has. Um, uh, so we won't, so we might talk about that on our other supernatural episode some more. But yeah, that's all. That's all I'll add. Um, so let's go ahead and we'll close out this episode now because we're recording, like I said, a separate episode talking about the actual finale with different thoughts. Um, and I know Aaron and Aaron, are you, I don't know if Aaron is, are you are signed up for that, right? No, I don't think so. Actually, okay. I don't know if anyone wants to hear my thoughts. No one cares about my thoughts. Oh, please. That's not <laughs> true. That's not true. Um, but I know Megan, Megan, Carla are, and I've already recorded Paula's thoughts. So yeah, so that'll be an interesting episode. So let's go ahead and close out and I'll just go around and have everybody say where they can be found. And if you want to promote anything, feel free to do that, Carla. Thank you. Um, Meg and I are hosting our podcast called Bed, Wet or Behead. And we can be found primarily on Twitter because, uh, I am the social media team largely. And that's where I live is Twitter. That's my home. Um, we are at Bet Wet Behead Pod, and you can also find us on Facebook, the same, at Bet Wet Behead Pod. Um, we put out episodes, uh, it'll be soon coming on, on Mondays, but right now you can find all of our stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And it is a very entertaining podcast, so I highly well, recommend it. thank you. <laughs> and Erin? Um, I am on Instagram at geek and so awesome. Thanks. And Meg. Uh, yeah. So other than the Bedwood Behead pod, uh, that podcast that Carla are doing, you can absolutely come and listen to us and yell at, uh, your phone or your radio or whatever. Um, or laugh at us as we get progressively drunker as we argue. <laughs> Um, but other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Wisconsinac, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> awesome. And Paula, are you remaining anonymous? Yeah. Okay. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E-AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod, no it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, um, if you have any notes about our supernatural episodes, feel free to reach out to us via email at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. 
Also, please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or just follow us there wherever you listen to your podcasts, please. But those ratings and reviews, that's what gets us more listeners out and gets us found in that big wide world of podcasts. And on our next episode, next week, I mean, we are going to be wrapping up our Supernatural celebration with an episode that's going to be basically just all about different things we didn't really touch on much, like shipping, the SPN family in general, um, stuff like meta episodes, things like that. Just little general things that we didn't really get too much on these episodes. And then we are going to do an episode with a bunch of different thoughts on the series finale. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. I just want to thank you for not having us talk about Kentucky Fried Demon. <laughs> See, I was trying to remember oh episodes, and I was trying to do a rewatch, and I just was like, oh, forget it. I'll, just, I'll let everybody else talk about this stuff, because I honestly don't remember most of the stuff. <laughs> Season 14 was like a, I don't, I don't even know. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.